You like contenders? We got contenders. 273, Tactical Crouch. We've got not one, not two. I guess two. That's actually not true. We have exactly. Is there a surprise guest? <laughs> we already hey, who knows? Say, like, who knows? Counting the guests. We, we, we have two guests <laughs> here with us today. We have Pauzable and Lafon from <laughs> Contenders Korea and just Overwatch fame in general, esports fame. Doing all kinds of things. How are you guys doing? Fame is generous, but hey, I'll take hey, it. Hey. I, you know, the the extra guest was my 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 ego. Like I'm just that. Uh, big of a, uh, you know, self-centered <laughs> thought... individuals. So that was, that sure. was the person. I yeah. thought the extra guest was going to be Theo, your cat showing up and yeah. messing with stuff in the still, background There's again. still time. There's still time. <laughs> and you know what? There's a second cat that no one knows the name of. Oh. Yet. That's true. That's true. It's got to be something coffee related. If, if I know Buffon, like it's, it's got to be cat. like. Neither of the cats Oh, okay. It's not, not yours. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Fair play. Fair play. Yes, guy. How are you doing today? I mean, it has to. It's the German answer, you know? Mm. It has to. I like that. I'm going to have to steal that. It has to. How is it going? Well, it has to. <laughs> There's never been a colder and more bureaucratic response. Yeah, and I I'm, I mean, I'm definitely not reading Reddit threads that just, like, drag us <laughs> No, you the... never. You reading Reddit? Absolutely not. It couldn't be you. Couldn't be you. Yeah. No. Uh, what a what a read. I, I was having. I it was my joke moment. I'm going to be be honest, Joe. Like that one, you had your fun. It's it's going to be like just a race to the bottom. Like it's 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 not even that it's a game of telephone uh -huh. because that sure. would involve two people. People look sure. at the source no. material, and as their neurons degrade over the course of five <laughs> minutes, the story uh -huh. completely gets ridiculous, <laughs> right? Like, apparently, yeah. George said Prophet is the laziest player in the Overwatch League. Tomorrow, Prophet is already the laziest player in esports history. Like, it's, it's going, to be, it's going to be fun. Anything can happen. Anything can happen on the internet. But, unfortunately. Uh, very unfortunately. Um, but we are here with our spe our two special guests, exactly two special guests, perhaps a, a half one, depending on whose cat shows up, uh, to talk about Contenders Korea and the recent run it back tournament. Um, kind of getting a landscape of of what Korea is up to, talking about the graduating class, maybe diving into some some storylines from or going into uh, the upcoming Pacific Showdown, um, and we'll probably be doing this um, moving forward for the next couple of weeks. Um, going into each contender's region, bringing on some representatives and, you know, getting their takes and, and kind of doing a, an interview, let's say, of uh, what's going on in, in each region. So today is Korea. If you like Korean esports, if you like Korean Overwatch, like and subscribe, hit that notification bell, download the, the freaking podcast because apparently that helps, all that stuff, all that good jazz. But uh, before we dive into this, we do have to give a special shout out to our patron producers. In our YouTube members, you make the show possible and you support uh, making all this content. So, thank you so much to Avril, Vista Bebe, Battlecrab, Refine Bean, Bronzebot, Buhau, Picasso, Chris R34444, Kasha67, Lolshin, Porkchop, Sammy, Rex Zane, Stuck in Bronze, and our YouTube members, Ice Jell, William Jess, Fish Ma'am, Fire Element 6, AK, Chris R, Brother, Stuck in Bronze, Samuel Spaza, Adam L, and Sagi Fumi. Boys. I sound like Ludwig. Boys, um, what's up with Korea? Who's good? O2? I hear I hear yeah. lots of good things. Yeah. That yeah. There we go. So just okay, a bit. cool. All right, so very done. good. All right, 273. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. Uh <laughs> O2 good. I I mean, they dropped um, a map. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's 
it really is the O2 blast gap right now. Yeah. Um, and that's it's sometimes when you have like regions of contenders, right? Um, and there's like one team so far in ahead, uh, it's it was like a weird meta or there's like mm -hmm. a weird re it's just oh two are that good man um I, I i am continually impressed with not just the players but the staff on that team how they are just good and good and good i think this is like is it six out of the last seven now or no it's five out of the last six one of those two mm -hmm. basically in the last like two and a half years o2 blast oh have only lost the championship mm -hmm. like once in contenders korea that's that's ridiculous to me yeah. And keep in mind, it's also, it's not like there is one coach, let's say some rush type figure other than um, boss, I guess, which I still think is not really a coach. It's it's more like a, you know, spotter of talent, if you want. But last year I heard like, oh, Smash hard carried that in terms of um, coaching. And then he went to the Gladiators. The O2 gap hasn't become smaller by such coaching <laughs> talent, you know, uh, departing. Do you think this is mostly because now you, they have rain, uh, name recognition and specifically they have the connection to Shock, so all the the best players would just want to play on O2? I think it's, uh, there is, there's a couple things. One, a winning team is going to attract winning players. That's, mm. you know, the, the name of the game. And I think with O2 so far ahead, O2 kind of gets the pick of who they want to recruit. That's, and the other thing too for O2 Blast is their recruitment process is long reaching. They've loaned out mm -hmm. Um, to to my mind, I think four players between B sides and run it back, and that's um, just from their like technically signed to their main roster. They yeah. have an academy team, like an O2 academy, that they also uh, loan people out okay. from as well. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, it's not like these players are are poor. They're really really good. I mean, you're thinking of players like Spectra, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Some players like like Proud, who I think, um, in in Proud's case at least, one has an argument for being one of the best hit scans. In all of Contenders' Korea, just, you know, it was like 16 years old. So okay. he's, he's, he's very, very young. Um, but yeah, so O2 Blast, that's the one part of it, too. They're one of two Academy teams left. Uh, right. And uh, um, that plays, I think, a role, not as big a role, um, relatively, because T1 is also in the region. Um, but yeah, O2 is not afraid to, you know, work with talent. And they have a, uh, at least from the outside looking in, um, you know, we don't, obviously don't know the team structure specifically, but um, they seem to have an eye for the future. It's not just about developing yeah, talent exactly. for this season. It's about developing it for next season, having the pipeline down the road as well. So uh, I think it's a, a well-managed team uh, beyond just being a winning team. Yeah, that definitely yeah. seems like it. I feel like that's, that's almost, Smets a little bit of crusty in the sense that, you know, he always had those connections to those players, would, you know, already mm. establish the proper mm -hmm. connections and stuff like that. And I also have to say, if you think about profitability in this space, if I had to guess which Overwatch organization is profitable from their business, probably O2 Blast, one of the more likely ones given the, the buyouts. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure what if, if it's public, what their, uh, pro, uh, what their price money share is, or I, I'm not sure. Right? Like, but in overall, that's a... I think at this point you would have to say the greatest talent fortune of all time over something like Element Mystic, over something like KDP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it's 
you know, uh, it, it's really impressive because O2 Blast just keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I really got to give a shout out to um, O2 Boss, I think is uh, his name. I've never talked to the guy personally, but I've only ever heard good things about him. Um, and he's, you know, he's been the guy with this team since they emerged in like 2018, right? Uh, he's been managing this and, uh, you know, between whatever resources he's able to grab and whatever the shock is able to put in monetarily to this team. Um, it's just far and away a better routine than any other contenders team has ever been. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even other Academy teams, like there have been, there have been like other great Academy teams, you know, team CC was Shanghai sure. dragons Academy. Um, there have been times, you know, uh, uh, uh British hurricane was amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of them managed to survive this long. Definitely. And and O2 was successful even before Shock got involved as well. Like they've only been the academy team of Shock since January, I think. January this year. Within right? the year, I feel like. Within yeah. Last so recent memory. Like part of it, like you you can attribute like, oh, well, you know, the the Shocks Academy team and they yeah. have all this money and they have all these resources. But also it's just like straight up good management. Mm-hmm. Yes. Forever. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it, it, this is the uh, utmost definition of like real recognizing real right yeah um i think to, to add to add to that point specifically and you know not to make it the uh, kinetic career of the o2 show which to a certain extent it, <laughs> it was always going to be <laughs> but but even beyond that i mean it, it showcases itself in gameplay right like we talk about mm. uh you know professionalism and oh it's just another day at the office for teams because they're so much better and i say that about o2 blast with the most sincerity it's not like a, a pejorative in any sense mm. they're not bored when they go up there they're entirely professional right and these are kids they're like 16 17 18 some of them barely turning 18 so um, Most I think of them I, barely turning eighteen. Yeah, barely like turning eighteen. Uh, and I think to to have that kind of description for for what are you know young young players speaks mm. to the environment that they're put in. Never is the team walking up on stage as they have in the entirety of Run It Back and not look like they were going to work right. And they yeah. went into the server and no bad uh, no matter how bad the opponent across them was, they gave the perfect game every time and it showcased in their in their in their standings. I mean, they dropped one map and yeah, it's. You just don't do that without having, um, and I should say, not one map in the regular season. They dropped one map um, across the entirety of the yeah. tournament. You yeah. don't do that without, you know, treating the game like it's your job, which it is. The the thing is, when I hear they only won, lost one map, it, I mean, there also has to be an opponent on the other side. In the past, yeah. you, you know, like, there were teams like T1. We know what sure. T1 was capable of by proxy th- or now seen uh, last year with the uh, Philly Fusion, certainly mm-hmm. like ridiculous talent in Zest and MN3. Um, so <laughs> that they didn't face pushovers last year. Did they, f- is it considerably easier now if they managed to like stomp through and only lose one map? I think I think you can make the argument that there were several other teams like going through restructures this season mm. as well. And okay. that, like if we look at T1 specifically, right? Mm. Um they they lost in my opinion kind of like T1's signature play. I mean, there's hardly been a time in the history of competitive Overwatch where Nice wasn't signed to sure. T1 or Philly Fusion. Um and I don't know if he left or if they dropped him or what the situation with that was but mm-hmm. between like summer series and run it back he went to Panthera now right um 
And they didn't pick up another DPS player. They just shifted Cleston to yeah, DPS. And that was definitely <laughs> something I wanted to bring up. I'm like, Cleston was like a cool flex tank that I was like hyped to come into Overwatch 2 with. And now apparently it's per Liquipedia. He's playing DPS. So I was like, what's up with that? I, I, I mean, almost okay. suspect that it was like a, like a, T1 just didn't. I, I really don't know, honestly. I really uh, don't know. I'm trying to, right. like, there's some things you can, <laughs> like, guess and gander, like, sure, oh, maybe sure, they sure. just couldn't find a DPS. There's a lot of other DPS players. In the league, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it, it, it's, a, it's a weird move. Mm, and it, um, it did not go that well. That being said, Cleston did, like, level up um, over the okay. season. He was also on Reaper duty most of the time. Ah, um, okay, but, like, his, tra his Tracer leveled up a little bit, but he was mm. still getting kind of owned. By like right. you know I mean, guys like he's saying in top dragon sure so yeah we'll, we'll we'll get to a couple other teams that i think have uh in in terms of the structure of like how the region went and like what teams mm -hmm. i think actually had a chance to give it to t1 even though they did it or to to o2 even though they didn't um but yeah i get like the t1 for mm -hmm. a second um the the big thing about t1 is they made a gamble on the meta coming into uh right they back, did right yeah uh okay. it was that they thought it was going to be because you know after the overwatch league where it was uh, uh just entirely a mirror there was no variation whatsoever um they went all in on the winston you know sojourn composition mm -hmm. uh it turned out in contender screen actually in terms of most of the regions uh in in contenders it wasn't a hard lock meta, right? There weren't right. like exclusively a mirror composition that was played all the time. There were sort of a rock, paper, scissors effect, right? We heard rumors before the grand finals or before the playoffs in the Overwatch League. There was some of that Roadhog mm -hmm. coming in, especially yes. from APAC. Yeah. Um, it turned out that that was the case, that there were <laughs> uh, teams screaming it. And for Contenders Korea anyway, um, that ended up providing a little bit of a, a shift. And I don't mm -hmm. think, I mean, it's true. The, uh, T1 just were unable to flex with the region as they kind of evolve the meta. And okay. um, they just didn't have the personnel to do so. You know, no no slight and to any of the players on that team, but sure. they just simply didn't have the flexibility to run, you know, like a like a, like a a Tracer. Cleston is not a Tracer player. I mean, mm. Reaper, sure, uh, maybe, but when it comes to Tracer, the best we can describe Cleston as, and this is entirely not as an insult, is as a non-Tracer player, did okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I think I think flexibility was actually uh, one of the reasons that O2 really won, right? Because mm, okay. keep in mind, most of the contenders rosters are tight, right? Like you will get five, maybe six players on right. contenders career rosters. Uh, O2 Blast have nine. So they have people where, oh, if we want to run, you know, the Sigma on this map, or if we want to run, you know, uh, whatever, right? O2 Blast can run it. They have the people to run it. They can flex to it. It's not going to be a problem for them. Mm. Nobody else really has that option. Nobody, even, nobody else even has a second tank player, right? Yeah. So you are just kind most teams just kind of ran whatever their tank was comfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're T1, you're running the Winston because our pen's not going to flex to the Sigma or the, uh, the, the Roadhog, right? Um, Panthera just ran the Roadhog because Protect's not going to be able to run the Winston at any time, right? How ironic. Um, and, and, that's, and that's what you find from most of the other contenders teams. Whereas O2, not only were they the best team on like the Winston comp, which is mm. what they played most of the season, but when they like needed to flex, um, they were more than capable to. So let me throw a meta question at you guys, because I'm definitely hearing a name or I'm not hearing a name that I feel like has definitely been featured within some of the NA and EU games that I've watched recently. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hearing you talk about Sigma. I'm hearing you talk about Roadhog. I'm talking about Winston. Um, was there any Arissa as like a. It was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
So okay. the way the way it worked out ended up working out in Korea is, as I said, it was sort of a rock, paper, scissors right. Uh, meta, right? One kind of worked against the other, kind of worked against the other. So mm -hmm. um, we saw, so Winston was like sort of the driving factor, kind of set the tempo, um, which makes sense. It's a rush sure. composition. Yeah. Um, and we kind of played around that. So then the Roadhog came in as sort of a, a it ended up, I, I know it wasn't developed this way um, based mm -hmm. on, you know, historical evidence, but um, it ended up being sort of a way to slow down the Winston composition, right? Uh, the Roadhog would play a pick, you play for map control, you try and right. get that isolation and go on from there. Um, that ended up having two sort of pseudo answers to it. One was a Sigma composition, right? You play the shield mostly to block the hook and then kind of go from there. And the other was the Orisa, which just kind of presence uh, has a lot of presence on the on the field, right? Mm -hmm. Between uh, the Javelin interrupting uh, Take a Breather and the Javelin spin blocking hook and obviously Fortify, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, there were, uh, I think... In as much as it, it just ended up being that Arissa was picked as a response rather okay. than as an individual sort of setup right. on yeah. her own. Interesting, interesting. And you're saying that, okay, so it, kind of branching from that, um, were there any teams that felt like, I think one of you mentioned that like there was a team that was like focusing kind of around Sigma. Is that fair to say? Were there kind of like those identities established this season? Oh, very sure. much. I yeah, think. yeah. Okay. That Team that's was kind of that's what most teams were, right? Most right. teams picked one, maybe a second identity, uh, and just ran it. Um, mm. You know, I'd like, actually uh, uh, to in, to interrupt yeah, that point because I'd like to I'd like to like point out uh, you know branch off on that point and bring up sure, a team sure. that I think deserves bringing up because they came in second overall. Um, is that yeah. the one team that was kind of I don't want to say lacked identity because they very much had identity, but were. I think more willing to play around their flexibility than any other team in the region, even O2 Blast. Like O2 Blast um, sort of set the the, the marker, um, mm -hmm. but I think Simprisa Gaming, who were our second place team in Contenders Korea, their identity stemmed from the fact that they could throw something at you and you didn't know what it was going to be. That's not to say yeah. they played every, oh, okay. they, they played crazy all the time, but they definitely had cheese picks. And I mean that in the historical context of that term, like and pocket picks. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. And, and not even necessarily just cheese picks. Like Simprisa Gaming just in my opinion had the most flexible tank to yeah. you was the only tank really that we saw play everything this season mm. um and it made it so that simprisa gaming you know most other teams like would focus on just the winston or just the roadhog or whatever right so simprisa were able to play that rock paper scissors game where nobody else outside of o2 blast obviously really could so that's in my opinion, one mm. of the reasons they were so successful was because Tuyu and Top Dragon were so flexible compared to everybody else in the region. To put it in perspective for for Tuyu for a second, uh, mm -hmm. Tuyu played Winston, uh, Roadhog, Sigma. I mean, uh, the the Winston probably the most the biggest outlier considering sure. his historical hero pool. Uh, obviously, yeah. primarily at uh, being a flex in, tank. It, yeah, in the, in the in the in the Overwatch one parlance, uh, 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 the the off tank player, but. Um, uh, then added also this season a Junker Queen that ended up working uh, and mm. looked pretty good. Um, again, that was like that pocket pick thing I was talking about, a strategy, okay. you know, just yeah. one sort of a one-off. But it worked so well, it put teams on notice. Like, you have to pay attention to what we're yeah. kind of doing. Um, so that's, I mean, it was like four tanks that were played with success from, from mm. 2U, um, which dwarfed anyone else. I think the best that came up second was like two, um, which is, you know, it, 2U comes out with so many picks and looks good on all of them. It was just a big difference breaker for Simprisa. Sure. What? So what does what does playing all heroes mean? Does that mean at a level is is to you in in the okay? Let me frame it this way: Is to you this year's someone? Hmm. Interesting framing. 
Yeah, um, I'll say yes. I, I'll, I'll say I, yes. Yeah, I, I would push maybe yes on that one, honestly. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna say the ceiling is probably not as high as someone. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> because someone has showcased it on like very different uh, and at the Overwatch League level, right? Which mm -hmm. also puts a little bit more credence to what someone can do. Yeah. But I think to you coming into contenders, and I'm talking about like the the uh, uh you know the A sides, B sides of uh, of our first tournament of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, came in and B sides was a frankly as close to a one trick in that meta as you could get to and Simprisa <laughs> fell off a cliff heading into playoffs because they just couldn't flex they uh, would not do it I, um, I don't put that on him though they they had really like young dps players there that was before they picked up top dragon right um and they it it looked to me from the outside looking in it looked like they still wanted to play like the junker queen meta once it got nerfed into the ground mm. um just because like their dps didn't weren't able to flex to anything else okay right but uh, I mean, even then, they tried to show like two. You tried to you know would switch off of the Junker Queen and then went to things that were not meta at the time. Yeah. Even though there was a tank that was clearly you know good. Um. But has expanded the hero pool coming into into the run it back tournament. I think has showcased at Contenders Korea. You know, uh, I think arguably uh the most flexibility that, of a tank player that I've seen in the tier two level right now, and mm -hmm. has done it on all those heroes that are level high enough that I would not be. Uh, I would expect to see, you know, at least some performance at the Overwatch League level, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I think, like, maybe even sticking with Sin Prisa for a moment, um, I think this DPS duo, from anything from the community's perspective, especially, like, our own, like, weird Discord community, which, if you're not already in there, join, sign up with the white name. There's links out there. Find it. Come join us. <laughs> I want to start watching more VODs in public and I want to watch the, the show matches Friday. So tune in if you're interested. Um, I, I, I know top dragon for reasons that we won't get into inside joke. If you're, if you're in the know, shout out Betty white. Um, but aid is definitely somebody that uh, some people from our uh, community have brought up quite a bit as somebody mm -hmm. to kind of keep an eye on. Um, talk to me a little bit about this DPS duo. Is this like one of the, the top ones coming out? I mean, yeah, I I would have to say yeah, right. Um, okay. I, briefly touching on Top Dragon, just because it's really satisfying to like see Top Dragon um succeed. Because you know when we when Lafon and I first casted this guy, it was uh on like first Fabulous Fighter in China, yeah, sure. which was uh, <laughs> a funny roster because it was just like Top Dragon really trying and flexing it like every single time to hard carry the team, and now he's like actually on a successful roster. Mm -hmm. Um. But the cool thing about like aid is that he's somewhat just come out of nowhere this uh, season, right? And while I wouldn't necessarily put him on the level of someone like proud or pro when it comes to the sojourn, okay. um, he can comfortably go toe to toe with those guys and not get absolutely bodied, right? Okay. Um, I'm a little bit curious what his flexibility might be because mm. since we've had contenders in you know Overwatch two. Sure. Um, he, like it's just been so like sojourn yeah, jail yeah. for any hitscan player, right? <laughs> um, so I don't know what his hero pool is like. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. it, it could be you know so sojourn gets nerfed into the ground, and then you know an Overwatch League team picks him up, and oh, damn, he comes anything but sojourn, right? Yeah. Um, but at least on the sojourn, he's looked really good. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think Top Dragon is a selling point in this duo, right? Top Dragon is yeah, sure. the is the flashier player, is the player that is I think showed up in bigger moments. Mm -hmm. um, 
But a lot of that also comes down to like the the way the team dynamic works. So it's tough to like pin that on Aid specifically, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, that, it's it's. I think Aid is a possible diamond that needs polishing. Um, heading into into kind of like you know further down the road. Um, Top Dragon though, I think uh, probably the second best active player in contenders Korea in that flex dps role right now i mean i know there's a lot of qualifiers uh for for that statement but um i mean he sang is the one above him and i think spectra is in the conversation in terms of like players mm-hmm. of that skill level but spectra mm-hmm. wasn't on a team in in run it back so there's that element um but yeah i think i think top dragon comfortably performed um and was a big part of why simpersa came in second and uh the way they came in second was also important because they kind of it, that was a team that grew through the through the qualifier or through the uh, you know the round this, robin this stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I I I would endorse Top Dragon for sure, just from like the performances we saw. And then Aid again, yeah. It, Sojourn Jail is hard to kind of speak around because once sure. you're off Sojourn, what yeah. what do you do? Um, and the other thing too is that when they needed to go to a widow, they actually brought in a substitute in Verapik. Um, mm. So, but they would they would sub out Top Dragon though and keep yes. Aid in. Um, so aid, aid would like play the so because generally it's like Circuit Royale, right? Yeah, Circuit, like maybe a Junker Town. I would guess. I don't know yeah, if that was necessarily in the map pool. Uh, but. We didn't see Junker Town at all, actually. Okay. I actually don't think it was for this in Summer Series. It was. I don't gotcha. think it was for this one. Which makes sense on Circuit, though. Long side yeah. lines. Um, and so yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it's not necessarily that aid like can't play the Widowmaker. It's just you know mm. they brought in Verapik to do that so that aid would still yeah. be um playing the uh the Sojourn. And then even looking at the, the you know the remainder of this roster, um Sanguinar is a name that obviously jumps yeah. out from Sanguinar. Uh, I mean, I was actually really impressed with their backline too. Yeah. Um okay. Sangu- Sanguinar, you know, Lucio's a lot of the time, unless you like have the ability to like go back through and replays and watch just their POV, can sure. be a little bit hard to pin down as to like they're doing really well unless you see like massive sound waves. Mm-hmm. Um but there were there were no times this season that I can remember where I was like, oh, Sanguinar just beefed it. And I can say that about almost every other Lucio at least once, True. right? Yeah. Just because, you know, it, it's 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 hard to uh, uh, play 100% on that role, I think. Yeah, um, we've, been, we've been in a couple of metas now, I think back to back to back, where Lucio has been sort of just the, the punching I'm back. here. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm here yeah. role right now, so. Yeah. Um, but Lee Su Min really impressed me on uh, Kiriko this. I mean, Lafon, you you were talking about how you think yes. Lee Su Min was the best Kiriko. Uh, I think yeah. Uh, Lee Su Min. I don't think Lee Su Min's um eligible for this season, if I remember correctly. I think turn, I think he turns eighteen. July. Turns eighteen in July. Yeah. yeah if, so. You could sign him, but you'd be sitting on your hands. Yeah, and I mean flex flex support is is a pretty important role yeah you're gonna want somebody active you don't yeah i don't know how many teams are gonna be in the market for another vigilante signing but yeah <laughs> um i mean lee suman i think in terms of raw mechanics on kiriko was uh at the very worst like the second best player right yeah, I, I think okay. i think really performed on kiriko there were some you know i think moments of like attention to like the mental game that kind of flew by but it's a really demanding role especially the way it was played uh you know towards the end of the season okay. um, so it's kind of tough to it's kind of tough to kind of situate there but i think this is a player that has a chance to like really showcase himself in that flex support role mm-hmm. um the other thing though is again it's like do you have a flexible hero pool Sure. All the flex supports were on Kiriko duty <laughs> yeah. the entire time, right? Right. So you want to talk about Sojourn Jail? <laughs> yeah. You go bad yeah. for all those Zen players out there. 
Because you're playing it Ninja was, Girl. It, it was really funny, like, how diverse the compositions were this mm. season, considering that, like, three out of five players on the team would Just always like be locked. playing the same thing, yeah. right? Like, we still got a lot of, like, comp diversity, even though it was almost 100% time on uh, Kiriko and Lucio and, like, 100% Sojourn time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, good heroes. Good to, good to keep around. Um, anything else regarding Sinprisa? I know that that's um, maybe even talking a little bit about... Uh, I mean, their coaching staff, right? Like, th that team does not get as good as no. they are from B-sides to run it back without a staff that kind of supports them okay and i mean clearly like it, it's one thing to see a team improve because they pick up good players it's another one entirely to see a team with good players get better at places they're not good at prior mm. and i think it, it, it's rare to kind of see it's tough to talk about coaching in general because you know it's, it's a black box right yeah. um for everyone not in the team environment itself but there is also an element that we saw a team perform a certain way in one tournament Mm -hmm. And then saw them start the next tournament, um, you know, improved, but not quite at the level they finished the tournament with. So that mm -hmm. consistent growth for Simprisa, I think, speaks volumes as to their uh, their staff behind them as well. Um, and I mean, to the players too, right? The, the sure. players, uh, you know, executing on that on that strategy is, is something that you have to give a lot of credit to. So I think for Simprisa, this is a team and a roster in general that. Um, is most improved. I mean, I, I said this before. Um, it's the most improved uh, team, but like entirely in a non-pejorative way. Like it's not a mm. joke or, or, or like, you know, to, to put them down or anything. They improved as a roster to the second best team in Contenders Korea. Right. Yeah. I mean, ending the regular season, you know, with a map differential, kind of putting them in second and then, you know, yeah. going. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't had a chance to necessarily catch the final, but I have to imagine that, you know, uh, some of these maps were... Uh, a couple of the maps were really close okay. and then O2 like you could O2 does like, O2 things by the time we got to new queen street like everybody knew the final was over sure 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 yeah. now i mean you were we bring up O2 i have to you know i have to ask you know he sang's been talked about in every conversation much to the yeah. same degree that like proper was coming into i mean uh, set expectations quickly uh he sang is not proper Okay, uh, so that was yeah, that was yeah, definitely yeah. what yeah, I wanted to I, I establish early, where it's just like, you know, I've heard this kid is like very good and it's the truth, but like, is this the second coming of, you know, uh, God knows no. who. I Proper stepped so. into the Overwatch League and was immediately MVP caliber. There was right. not a single game where uh, yeah. Proper looked out of place as MVP, right? Mm. Uh, I think um, you can you can hate the whole narrative around Proper MVP, whatever, but I think statistically in terms of like the eye test, in terms of performance in-game, Proper set the tempo for right. everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't think he Sang is going to do that. I think he Sang no. is going to be very, very good. I think he can challenge for Rookie of the Year pretty comfortably. Okay. Um, but is he going to be like lights uh, like lights out day in, day out? I don't think that's fair to him, um, mm. especially the role he's on, right? He's not going to be on like a Sojourn, mm -hmm. um, just taking over the server. Um, uh, yeah, so I think he Sang is going to be very, very good. Um, we're not looking at proper two. Okay. That's, that's, that was my favorite argument where people got very pissy. Like, what? Like, just give it to uh, proper now and then next year the best rookie, like, Hisan comes <laughs> in and then they, they win. And it's like, dude, you don't understand the argument. Because in order for Hisan to win MVP, he would have to win it over proper, and that's okay, not exactly. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, as it stands... And by the way, this still holds true. You're wrong, probably wrong, or have a, a crazy read on what's going to happen. Maybe you have a crystal ball, but by this point, still, 
and it's very early to talk about, but your favorite for next year's MVP should also be proper, even sure. against the voting fatigue that he's going to be up against, right? Like there's... I just please, I, I watch so much sports. Please, voters, I, the voter fatigue thing just... If he's the best player, he's the best player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I hope that especially people, I think I respect, like, if you realize this was probably going to be a sweep, that you then go elsewhere with your vote, whatever. I think you shouldn't be sure. I think you should, should be looking around, like, let's say the same performance, he copies the yeah. same performance next year. That gets uncomfortably cl uh, close just based on voter uh, fatigue right so i want to i want to chime in there because this i think ties kind of to things that have happened in the 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 meta of the voting and also some of the things that uh both paul and lafon you, you both have kind of brought up about contenders korea specifically is that there is more it seems like there is an increased focal point of what can your tank do that kind of dictating your style and your identity? And that could be a big driver of success. So for the, mm -hmm. the three of you, is there, you know, should we kind of still be viewing overwatch two, or maybe, you know, viewed this way at all ever, um, as like this super hyper DPS focused game when we are seeing so much, you know, reliance on your tank hero pool and like the tank driving the identity. And, oh, if you have Smurf, if you have to you, if you have someone, you're so sure. much set up for success that that kind of, you know, implicitly creates value. Is that kind of MVP defining, let's say? I think the difference between like, if we're looking at like the Overwatch League, right? I think the difference is I would hope especially based off the success of, you know, like O2 sure. Blast, right? Um, that Overwatch League teams are smart enough to, like, sign enough, like, sign... If you're going to sign one tank, he's got to have, like, a really wide hero pool that he can play effectively, mm -hmm. right? And hopefully you're signing two so that you can just get coverage everywhere that you need exactly. to. That's what I would hope for the Overwatch League uh, teams. Now, obviously, not everybody's going to be able to do that. Budgets, whatever, right? Sure. Um, but I, I, I would hope that it is not so identity driven at the um at the, at the overwatch top level. level okay yeah gotcha yeah I, I at least that. based off like your one player right, right. I yeah, echo yeah. That um, because contenders you we discuss uh, uh setting expectations setting kind of the focus points is important when we talk about these different leagues because contenders mm -hmm. has a very different reason for existence than the overwatch yeah. league, right sure. like sure um and that's another reason why o2 blast is such a uh interesting study is because they've done their job as a tier two team and also succeeded beyond right. that right mm -hmm. um so o2 that's why o2 blast is special yeah. it's not just because they've won it's they've won with these certain constraints on them mm. when we talk about o, when we talk about identity for teams it's because they don't have the they don't have the flexibility required to be able to do everything right mm. if you're an overwatch league team though you're the best like you're the tier one uh esport for you know for for overwatch of course. Uh, yeah. it, that concept of identity shouldn't exist. Um, mm. sh like, will you have an identity? Yes, because otherwise you don't have a team. But in terms of like meta identity, I think that's looking. You're approaching the question yeah. from the wrong side. Right, right, right. You, you at the Overwatch League, I think you have a a fundamental problem if you're just like, all right, well, our entire identity is uh, based around the fact that our tank player can only play one thing the whole year, no matter yep. what the meta is. I, I think that's that's a problem. You run into that problem in contenders because contenders is a league 
where players right, are supposed to like grow and yes. learn. It's about development. It's about like showing your stuff to like Overwatch League scouts. So mm -hmm. like unsigned teams, like or like you know, or even smaller org teams, right? They're gonna have sure. one tank player because either you know they can't af afford to have more tank mm -hmm. players, or they just can't afford to be splitting playtime a lot of the time, right? Sure. Um, it's much rarer for them to have these multiple tank players and actually successfully rotate them in and out because nobody wants to be sitting on the bench for a season sure. when the, you know um you you can look you can actually look at this season right our pen and protect they split time on panthera in summer series mm -hmm. and now they're on separate rosters um as the only tank player for both of those rosters right mm. now were either of their teams as successful with them being split apart i would argue no but I would argue it's still better for each of them as players to get right, that sure. extra playtime. Sure. For sure. Yeah, I think also if you look at the top level, right? Like it mm -hmm. inductively makes a lot of sense for me that you want to have that one guy that can play everything. And I think there mm -hmm. has also been some empirical evidence to believe that that is pretty good. Of course. But yeah. mostly for Soul. If you look at everyone else that had huge success in the Overwatch League decks last year, I would say the top three teams last year were... Of course, Shock, Dallas, and Gladiators, yeah. they all have two tanks. And they probably all needed them. And I would argue if Gladiators had realized that they needed it so sooner, they could have probably won every tournament this year. Sure. Right? Sure. So the, the, it, as much as it hurts, and I, I agree, that's, that's where the premise is different. I think as a player, you want to show off. Um. And this is also, by the way, the little caveat that we always bring up with Atlanta. But I think the general idea of multi-tanks and having the backup there is pretty good. And if if the you know max promotion happens, as it looks, then you got to wonder if that's enough. Do you guys think sure. he's like the Smurf type of player yeah. that can make it work? Or we don't we don't know. We haven't. We, don't we know. at the we very least have the haven't seen that. Mm. Right. Um, Max didn't get the most playtime in O2 Blast. It was mostly Junbin, who was yeah. in for pretty much the majority of this year, actually. Okay. Um, now when Max subbed in, he destroyed the server, right? But he was mostly playing Sigma. Like the gotcha. the, the vast majority of what we've seen from Max this year was mm -hmm. his Sigma, which absolutely dominate like dominated everybody else. Like he was beating guys like Two You and guys like um like uh, uh Protect who are like known in contenders for their very good Sigmas. And Max was taking them to the cleaners, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you could watch if you go and watch that final. The Circuit Royale match is a brutal tank differential. Uh, considering that they like pick Circuit Royale so that they can swap ah. to the Sigma and try to win on a different comp because they've been losing everything else and then max gets subbed in yes. and him and profit just yes. absolutely destroy everybody uh, to put in to put into into context though like it's one thing for me to say do i expect max to do well because mm -hmm. based on his historical performance i i'd say you know like from my yes. from my feeling perspective yeah sure i don't have evidence though right so right. making making a claim without evidence is is kind of the not really a good thing to do um and for for Max specifically, do I have faith that he's going to perform in the Overwatch League? I do. Sure. But I haven't seen it on, you know, characters like I haven't seen a Winston. I haven't seen any of the A lot of these traditional main tanks. tanks. Yeah. Right and it's it's tough, right? So yeah. 
but there's also Max have the best second best Winston and Evolve contender? Exactly. Possibly. <laughs> but Junbin's ahead of you in that in that in that right. role. So that, why would yeah. you play? That that was would be my question. Because okay, here I'm 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 steering the crack pot. Um like <laughs> I'm cooking here. <laughs> what does it have to be yeah. crack? Uh -huh. Is is there is there a world where Max was just not fielded because he was going to make it anyway? Like the Krusty probably locked that in mid-season, and then you go. I, I mean, if you locked in, of course, like Shock probably wouldn't love the idea of their tank prospect sitting on the bench and not collecting experience. But like, is sure. there a world where they took Junbin ahead of Max because that guy still wants to get somewhere while Max already I, is implicitly locked in? I don't in? think that's impossible. I, I would, especially based on like the habits we've seen out of O2 Blast, um, when it came to when they chose to sub their players in and out um, uh, to get them experience, right? Like th there were some games where like, um, like especially early on in, in Run It Back, uh, mm -hmm. where like Max and uh, Viper and Profit would just get subbed in for seemingly no reason to play the same comp that was just going on oh, and they'd really? still win. Right. Yeah. So um, it felt like a rep thing. <laughs> okay. That's, so that's I think there, there were, <laughs> there were different, there was a difference. There were occasions where O2 Blast were like, these players are going to be here next, especially for like guys like Viper and Profit who are still like really young. Right. Sure. Um, were they sitting on the bench most of the time during uh, summer season or during uh, run it back? Yes. But there were times where they were like subbed in for experience. So, mm. uh, it could be a thing where just, hey, get Junbin more and more experience on these different characters, right? Because we know Max is already good. Right. I, I, I'm not sure if that's likely, but I, I can't say it's, it's possible. possible. Right. That yeah. sounds like it's at least like within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Would, would the both of you feel a little safer? Like if if this Max promotion is, you know, what, you know, going to happen, would it be safer if it was like a, du a double promotion yes. or they at least had some insurance behind max well to have, yeah you know, i think if, Junbin's not eligible so you can't oh, yeah, okay fair Junbin's too young but if you promote max uh to overwatch league and you give him like another tank that can like cover this the stuff that Junbin covers right um i i can't see a world where that roster doesn't succeed yeah okay so definitely somebody i i feel like kind of a I mean, very, very akin to like Smurf last year for a lot of us, right? Like we didn't yeah. know if he could necessarily play a lot of those traditional flex tanks. Turns out he can. Very cool. Sure. Awesome. The gamble pays off. It feels like a lot of those same narrative pieces kind of, you know, orbit max, but in like the the inverse. I think, yeah, the, the, again, the, the hardest, the hardest thing it's, I mean, it's the same question with like, it, when you have, when you have two tank players and only one can play. Right. I mean, it's tough. Uh, is it, is all, all of the stuff we have about Max is the stuff that we know he's good on. He's great. He's elite. He's mm -hmm. he could challenge for best in the league uh, on those okay. goals. Um, I think I think when you talk about like when you talk about those historical flex tanks, absolutely. Um, the the question though for Max is as always in in Overwatch two with tank players is going to be do they have that flexibility with them? Right. And until I have evidence, I'm not going to say yes or no. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. And it's not just this year either, right? Um, okay. Because like last year when he was still on O2 Blast. He still didn't get as much playtime as Junbin because it was like a wrecking ball meta, and Junbin's mm. an unbelievable wrecking ball, right? Mm. Um, so he's sort of, he's sort of just like I don't want to say that he's been like a mystery because anytime we do see him, he's playing really well. But we, we definitely have a smaller sample size on him than like uh, Smurf or sure. right. 
Totally. I, I, I will also say, I am now, I have co- top, the best Korean contenders main tank rookie coming in, PTSD. Because if you think sure. about how the last two seasons <laughs> went with Mac and uh, Kellen. Sure. Ay, 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 Right? Yee. Like, yeah, do you have any explanation for that pattern? Is are they just used differently? Well, I mean, when it comes Kellen, to Kellen, Kellen has uh... I mean, <laughs> I, that New York roster was a mess. <laughs> like, yeah, like listen, if I, you make Yaki, if you make Yaki, if you make Yaki look like uh, a bad player, I think that it's not the players' faults anymore. Mm. I think that, that was probably other, awesome. on other rosters. So yeah, there there are some fun. Rumors behind the scenes how they first communicated through the first couple of scrims. Where it's like, wait, is, is he trolling? Or is he actually like, is Yaki serious? Is that how we play Overwatch? Like, you know, like much more passive style on uh, on Kellen, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, that could just be a mess, mismatch. I also think it's rarely all over for those guys, right? Um, yeah, no. But it like, is worst case scenario for those guys. They'll get bounced back to contenders for a season and probably do really well and then get picked up again. Right. Yeah. And, and it, that's where and that's where my PTSD flares up. Yes. With and I'm like, <laughs> yes, God, yes. bro, like somebody help this kid. Yeah. He needs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know what, you know, sports psychologist needs to get a hold of him. But he, the contenders performance versus the owl performance is just like night and day. And you, sure. you know that this kid has talent. Well. So. And, you know, it, I mean, a lot of that comes down to structure for these teams, sure, right? Sure. Um, you know, I, I find uh, especially, you know, outside of the one time a full contenders roster was picked up all as six, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of the time players look good because they're in the right environment. And when that environment changes and becomes not the right environment, it doesn't matter how good the player Chill. is or the player next to him. Oh, this kid is so annoying. No, they're, they're <laughs> mid as hell. Mid. Mid. He's, so so he's, for, for, for audio listeners, as as Paul is uh-huh. so eloquently defending my position on the Atlanta Reign versus the, <laughs> you know, a potential other team, uh, I'm just very, very uh, passive-aggressively uh, tilting and smiling and uh, tilting and smiling. So that's I'm just going to leave that there. You assume what you might. Sp- speaking of, I feel like I feel like I just I feel like I just threw Kindle on fire. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, let, let me run that idea by you. You guys watch the Overwatch League as well, and I it, it, see. Speaking of crackpot theories, Joe is convinced that at this mm-hmm. point, one ha- like he assumes that the Atlanta, uh, sorry, the Toronto Defiant with the um, American Tornado and Kasaurus, um without Aspire, would outperform. Whatever the Atlanta Reina cooking up. And, and oh, a lot, a oh, lot of I my... saw it, Lafon. I, I saw it. Your, your spirit <laughs> left your body. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Okay. So, so, so here's, here's the thing, right? I, I mean, that is certainly... It's a take. A take. Um, yeah. It's a take <laughs> of all time. It certainly it, is. It, it's... I wouldn't even go as far as give, letting you defend yourself with a take of all time on that one. Uh, okay. So that's... That's tough. Um... Wait, so so wait, so run that by me again. So Whoa. the so Toronto Defiant pick up all of American yeah, in, Tornado, in, you in said? In the yeah. world in the world that Toronto signs the core of a American Tornado, and mm-hmm. with what we know of Atlantis thus far, I have more confidence in Toronto with the AT core 
than I do with Atlanta with like this absolutely crackpot we're making, roster. We're making a lot of assumptions about the coaching ability of both Casaurus and Gator with no evidence. Sure. But then again, like, I I am here I come in with a with a depay uh, notion of 95% of the season's roster building. Which is he said well, eighty five, but I'm saying ninety five because it sounds better. <laughs> well, that, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, if we're making assumptions about the coaching, I'm just going with the players that have already performed at that high sure. level for that long. So Atlanta Rain for sure. And yeah. I say that as someone who's like Toronto Five, probably the team that I watch the best. <laughs> I get, I get where you're coming from, Joe. Mm -hmm. But that is that is certainly an outside pitch. That is, it is, it is, it is a, it is a progressively harder and harder to defend. Yeah. Uh, as Atlanta makes more and more moves, and we have to only assume that you know when the uh, free agency window opens uh, later this month, that they will probably make more and more moves. But I, I really, not to kick a dead horse, and I want to get back to O2 for a moment, uh, but it, 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 to me, what really stuck out with what you were saying was environment and, and specifically about like my questioning about how Atlanta really cohesively brings that together with players sure. who haven't even like lived in the U.S. or played with, you know, within a mixed roster so i don't know if that really is something that i can put my stock into do, versus a team that has played together do, with a coach that has had experience on a, like a near championship roster joe, joe is the type of motherfucker that will say friendship will prevail then has his <laughs> wow raid group of friends completely tank every fucking raid encounter and that has it proved to him that he would rather be playing with the dickheads that at least know how to play their class if your friendship is strong enough, you can stand in the fire. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Now, as a former as a former raider, I hate you. <laughs> uh, Just gotta trust trust in the the homies. Um, somebody that I've trusted in since Gauntlet has been Bliss, and that, you talk about a kid that's mm. been like fifteen perpetually for the last like six years what it feels like i've been waiting for this kid to come in and mm -hmm. i've heard some mixed reviews at least going into last season so tell me everything i want to know about bliss is this is it is this kid the truth i have nothing bad to say about bliss the my only concern is that o2 were so like much better than everybody else there wasn't really a moment where i like there was no chance really for okay. Bliss to just like have a star power move, right? Mm. There was no situation this season where like I needed to see Bliss pop off. Sure. But there was also no situation this season where I was ever thinking Bliss was doing the wrong thing. Okay. Bliss also does not, man, I shouldn't say does not. Bliss also was not required to showcase the flex support mm. because exactly. they had caffeine on the bench, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and I mean, with O2 Blast players, um, in general, this is this is going to be a recurring. Every single player on O2 Blast this season is going to have this sort of not asterisk, but like you have to kind of say they have substitutes for everyone else, right? Okay. Like, yeah. um, he's saying is not going to be playing the Widowmaker because you've got on on the bench Profit. Profit is going to be your Widowmaker player when required. Um, if if uh, you know, uh, we we saw he saying go to the Sojourn. That wasn't so great. So they had someone else. They they switched it around, right? He saying became exclusively the flex DPS player. So, right. um, I think for 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 Bliss, I have faith in Bliss as a, as a Lucio player for sure. Um, and I think uh, it has in the past showcased uh, Brig as well that looked really strong. Um, but if you're running exclusively main support, does the flex support issue come into play? Mm. We don't know because Bliss wasn't required to do it. Sure.
The way you're talking about O2 Blast makes me believe, like, basically the internal scrims by them getting one more uh, support probably were the best games played in Korea last year, right? Or this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. I guess if, if that's the case, uh, I think Babel's another player to definitely bring up. Somebody that I think is going to ring a lot of bells for, you know, former London Spitfire fans. Dude. You know, maybe a little disappointing, but it sounds like O2, if, if you want to trust in this, this, you know, development dynasty that they're creating uh, you know Babel, is, Babel's pretty good sounds like Babel's not the same oh man Babel, I mean talking about team dynamic uh, Babel is not the same player that was in Linda Spitfire I think uh, yeah, right I now mean, strongly Overwatch League level if I'm gonna okay. be honest it like when London picked up Babel I I think me and a lot of other people were scratching their heads right um because okay. you know he was new he'd only played on what BM Hawk I think, and they weren't a particularly impressive roster, if I remember correctly. Um, I think he was just picked up way before he was ready. Gotcha. Now it's been, you know, two years, two and a half years, whatever. Um, he's more than ready. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exciting to hear. Honestly, it feels like that Lon uh, London team from 2020 has a huge chip on their shoulder, right? Like, there's so many of these London players still around. What is it, four uh, of that former team? Despite what they saw happen to Glister over various yeah. seasons, they're still living that dream. That's crazy. Hey, and to be fair, Glister, like, was a stud then and, like, still was, like, halfway okay. I, yeah. I think if he wanted to, he probably could come back, like, in yeah. the right environment. Again, hashtag environment. I think, hashtag I friendship. Mean... I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe in friendship. Um, I hate okay. underdog stories. That's I, true. I That's true. As Lafon's co-caster, I can confirm that. I, I don't like underdog stories. The better team should win. Underdog stories. Fair. The, true. Uh, like, I'm. I'm. I'm that person, you know that person you dislike because they their takes is the better team should win all the time. I'm that person. True. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> like the diagonal, like the diagonal here. Yiska and I, we agree on a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm starting to learn that. Yeah. But uh, to to that point, I, I mean that London team was picked up two years too early. There's a lot of really yeah, good players right. there. Yeah, and yeah they super just, super talented. Yeah, stuff. That's crazy. That you literally have like 16 year olds that aren't that are ready but can't go into the league, and 21 year olds that are just now ready. You know, oh, it's it's yeah. crazy how it sometimes works. Like especially yeah. if these guys actually make it back, and I think there's a good chance that some of them will because oh, for sure. here here's a little bit of a leak, of course. Like a bunch of teams are talking to, you know, these guys, definitely the O2, also Simpressa, right. right? Like that's just par for the course, especially. I would expect that this probably goes far down the totem pole this year, depending mm. on what happens with the Chinese teams in terms of like if you want to go sure. super min and if you actually end up playing in another region or you can do it like remotely or whatever it is, like mm -hmm. there's probably got a lot of you know, Korean contenders players just be directly being uh, contacted. So um, I think there's there's re plenty of reason to believe that you still can be picked up in, in contenders Korea, especially after such a renaissance of rookie ship in season five. Because yeah. if you if you looked at the efficacy of rookies. It hasn't been this good in a hot minute, if ever, because you probably shouldn't count season one. But yeah. like what rookies were able to perf uh, do this year, presumably because it's a new game, therefore a new filtering process and like old habits and old mm -hmm. build up skills no longer count for much. Like, I, I think. And, 
and you also have to consider, right? Like a lot of these, um, you know, rookies, um, it's not even necessarily people who have like picked up the game in the last year, right? Yeah. Um, it's no. people who were 13 when mm -hmm. Overwatch came out and have just been nonstop playing it yeah. even through like content drought or whatever, right? Um, and they're just the, you know, they were the ones who've been grinding for six years and now, hey, they're finally 18. Cool, <laughs> they're cracked. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just a, I, I guess a, a quick rundown and team. Like there's, there's a couple of outside chance players or uh, like players that I think have a possibility of growth moving forward. Um, okay. They're not gonna wow you right now. Um, but they're serviceable with an opportunity to kind of step in. I think, you know, players like Jasmine is one of them. I was going to say Jasmine, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a, the tank player uh, uh, for, uh, oh my God, SLT. Starlight. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Sungnam Starlight. They Jasmine was good um, relative to, I think, the middle of the pack teams. Okay. Um, Jasmine, and then, for how new uh, a player Jasmine was, Jasmine had, like, some really cool moments of brilliance, mm. right? Um just not just not as like consistent or well-rounded as you know obviously guys like Jundin. sure yeah and i mean these so that do i think jasmine's gonna come in and wow the the league no i do not um and it's 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 this is a player that i think has an opportunity to like grow into a serviceable overwatch league player um there, there's a couple of players like that i think this season for 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 contenders career i know we're talking about you know o2 blast and and, and simpressa <laughs> and so forth but in general, I think this is the uh, platoon season for Contenders Korea. This is the, the the season where coming out of it, there's a lot of players that have the ability to grow and showcase themselves as okay. mm -hmm. very respectable Overwatch League players. But outside, like maybe three or four, are not going to be best in the league at their role, or at least at the very least, shouldn't be expected to be like right. World yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Expectations agree, agree. are are kind of what I'm talking about here, gotcha. right? Because yeah, copy. I yep. guess in that that same vein, um, I, I, an award that we like to give out at the near the start of every season is like the skewed award, like going back and looking at how poor sure. of a team skewed was on, and then he turns out to be like this this really talented player. Um, if either of you had to give a skewed award for the best player on like the worst team, like somebody who, okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, you just ha you have to say Dong Hack, right? Um, I mean, the problem with eight one five is that. <laughs> They're players that so for for those un unfamiliar, they're the former mm -hmm. Talon roster. Uh, well, and, so they are and they aren't at this point, right? Yeah. There's only two Talon players on that team mm, still. Okay. Um, but <sighs> that team should not have gone. No, that is not a team that should be. Oh, and seven four oh, maps oh, one. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They were challenging to take maps off teams. Yeah. Right? So like, and um, not and they weren't the maps they won weren't necessarily even because they like played really well uh, um gotcha. like that panthera game was, <laughs> was, was scrappy uh to put it gently um mm. certainly it's certainly a mess of a yeah. game uh and it's crazy to think of dong hack on a team that didn't pick up a series win when this time last year it was like Dong Hak and Junbin, the best players who can't go to the Overwatch League, mm, right? Okay. Um, but well, I think Dong Hak is still really good. Um, I do, I do have questions about his hero pool at this point okay. because he tried to play the Winston this season, mm -hmm. like with the with the Winston like rush. Um, it did not look very good, honestly. 
his Junker Queen looked great when we were in Junker Queen meta. His Wrecking Ball is obviously phenomenal. His Wrecking Ball is so good that he was playing Wrecking Ball toward the end of the season oh, really? instead of Winston in that same composition just because he was so much better at Wrecking Ball, mm. right? Um, I I, ha I have to wonder what what would happen on a, on if you put Donghack in a team with a, more resources. Okay. I'm well, trying fun. to think of like, like a skewed, like a full on skewed player though, right? A player that comes from like one of the worst teams. Yeah, and is like genuinely a gem. Yeah, I, I mean, Contenders Korea, it's tough to kind of, I don't think, I don't think Contenders Korea has a player that would fit like I mean, you really, okay. you really only get to look at two teams this season <laughs> to even yeah. try to find that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because there were just two teams that were like head and shoulders below everybody else, right? right? Um, what is it? Ankles and toes below everyone. I yeah, guess. I'm pretty. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and even then, it. I. It's guess, hard for. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Uh, I mean, look, man, it's it's tough. Diamond. I, I guess you could half. say like half. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, which would be kind of funny considering the skewed uh, thing. Uh, half plays the same role. Mm -hmm. But half's also been on teams that were good. I yeah. mean, Diamond was good in B-sides, yeah. right? Like, they were third place in B-sides, and then they just fell apart. I have no idea what happened with Diamond. It, it looked like they had their comms turned off this whole season, man. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was rough. I would say also no. within the award, there's something implied where you can't see it happening. Actually, it probably should yeah. also just be the lip award. Because I remember, wasn't that hard on Blossom, right? And then yeah. as the sure. Overwatch League preseason scrims started happening, sure. people were telling me, if this kid isn't cheating, he's like the best hit scan the world has ever seen. <laughs> and then he was the best hit scan the world has ever seen. So, um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think there's also players. I think there's also players in contenders that just by nature of the setup are worse in contenders than they are. Right. Uh, in Overwatch League. Right. I, I mean, I'll I'll say it here. I think Proper performed better in the Overwatch League than he ever did in Contenders in 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 his in his debut season. I think in terms of like Interesting. Performance, okay. Um <laughs> that's all to say. Though the only difference is Proper was amazing in Contenders too. So, yeah. You know. He went from he went from A+ to S+, right? Mm. I I might <laughs> have a an um an Antar quote that was shared uh <laughs> where Antar said, "If I look at scrim footage of proper he looks like he gets bored of the tracer du duel midway through and then still wins it you know and I, I feel like that could actually legitimately be the case if you just win it all the time i mean he describes it now as like you know the happiest time um also because he didn't win oh god and but. tracer's so much better now too oh man yeah true I like just a quick aside uh, the stream where proper was talking about like how to aim on tracer. Um, he's like, just go where they aren't and shoot where they're going to be. And it's like, no one can do that. Like, <laughs> that's just you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just see through the infinite possibilities and mm -hmm. kill them. Go where they aren't. Spoken like a true RTS nerd. I mean, <laughs> is there anybody else out there that you guys feel like needs to shine a light on? I've heard good things from simple from like the UA crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Simple is really good. I think, actually, I think if Simple was on one of the top teams, we would definitely be talking about him as, like, the best Kiriko. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, there's also uh, players like Alien, who is good. Um, yeah. Alien is also in that weird boat, though, where, like, 
June, like end of June, I think is his birthday, something like that. Ah. Um, a peach was good. A peach was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, unique was fine, right? Uh, I think fine. You're you're tripping. Well, unique I mean, was <laughs> unique was my favorite Lucio to watch, man. Yeah, you Dude, and I, what? you and I, fine. What are you talking you about? Agree so much of this one, I guess. No, okay. okay fine, this man's I, just deleted okay, B sides from his. <laughs> I have to translate. <laughs> literally saved T one like six times. I forgot. I have to translate myself for like the audience. Fine for me means really good. Um, mm. He's not an S player. Like he's not an S tier player. Fine. Okay. I'm, I'm talking like an A A plus kind of situation. I'm sorry. I forgot that Paul's used to me and y'all aren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Unique. Unique is fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like possibly the like uh, what top two Lucio in the region? <laughs> like, come on, that's crazy. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, another player that's kind of jumped around a little bit. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard Arpen mm. quite quite a quite a good deal. Is there anything there that you guys like or dislike? Uh, I don't know, man. I the tank life for T one. I'm I'm tough. I'm tough to actually put any real qualifiers on because they're forced to play a single composition, mm. right? Um, okay. With the fact that they made yeah. themselves go with Kleston as a DPS player. And mm. again, no shade to Kleston. I think Kleston on tank was really good. Um, on Reaper and Tracer was not it. Gotcha. Gotcha. T1 is just really hard to read this mm. season at all. Because um, like they like they're a runner-up from B-sides, right? right? And then they lose one player, move their tank to DPS, and then pick up what was like another really good tank. But um, T1 took forever. To, to, mm. to wake up this season, right? I wasn't impressed with a T1 game that we had until literally the very last time we saw them in the third place match and they beat gotcha. Pantera, right? Yeah. Um, like, fin finally, I was like, oh my God, this is, like, I think we actually said it on cast, this is the T1 we've been waiting to see all season. Mm. Um, and it's just hard for me to qualify. Okay, was that just they had a really good match day? Or when we go like to Pacific Showdown, are they actually going to start like really competing? I think right. Arpen has definitely I, I think he looked better on Panthera, honestly. Just like uh like as as an individual player, in okay. my opinion. Um, but it's hard for me to quantify if that's just like T1 was uh, a little bit of a mess at the start of this season, or if that was Arpen was just and uh, you know he had less to do on Panthera because he wasn't the only tank. Mm. Um, yeah, um, I think there's also a couple of players that are like outside chances. Uh, if you look sure. at like if you look at like Panthera, they have a couple of players that I think has sure. a, have a possibility. Um, Hidden, it, you know, was 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 good. Um, actually, Don't no, that, that that that's a disservice to Hidden. Um, Hidden was was good. Uh, yeah. in in a lot of in a lot of terms. Um, I think also he's not he's not proud, but like no. he was he was a good player. Yes, I think also we didn't mention Probe, who turns I think turns eighteen fairly early in this season. Like no, Probe, Probe and yeah, Probe and He Sang should both be getting picked up. Yeah, um, okay, pretty easily. Okay. I know they're, I, they're I know both, they're both early them. March. Actually, yeah. they're, fun fact: they're born within three days of each other. Hmm. Today, mm. talk about DPS synergy. <laughs> <laughs> Matching astrology signs. Let's go. <laughs> <clears throat> so if, if there's not any more like outside chances i wanted to hit you guys with like a little lightning round of like best ofs yes let's let's do the best ofs to run it back okay i, lo you, I love these just the first name uh -huh. that comes to mind that you think is the oh, best wait well, <laughs> i mean Sorry. that that one i feel like is a given so we're not you know it's very improper to to, to head that direction so 
proper exactly i'm glad somebody picked it up uh we we started with hit scan so let's start there best hit scan this season i don't know if you're gonna agree with me lafon i'm gonna say proud um hmm. i know it's supposed to be a lightning round uh, <laughs> hey, you to do. really thank you man more comparisons I'll... to yesco that's all i'm saying yeah <laughs> Jeez. I, I was being sarcastic oh, and I love these. Um yeah. Okay. Sure, proud. 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 I think I think the other person you put in the conversation is Probe. Probe. But okay. um I think proud, proud, proud at least looked flashier because he had so much more to do on that team. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh best Lucia. <laughs> my heart says unique, but my brain says bliss. Yeah, this one's bliss. Okay. Uh, best tracer. Oh, uh, he sang. Oh yeah, he sang without a doubt. Mm, and yes, if you have any that you feel like you should jump in with, Shall definitely go for it. Most likely, um, most likely to be called re rookie of the year next year. Ooh. I'm gonna say That's voters hate giving this award to uh, to DPS players, so we'll say Max. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing the meta on this one a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, most likely to be rookie of the year. Oh, man, it's such a boring answer. I guess I'll go with he saying. Sure. I guess, I guess it it like the f question is like six layers deep because it kind of requires you to also extrapolate okay where are they likely to go is it possible <laughs> where are they to yeah right? well and you know the problem with saying he's saying which is why i hesitated so much is because like last year he's saying was flashier than he was this year right ah. um he's saying really became a very well-rounded dps player this year and mm -hmm. i don't know if that is just like I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's just because like he wanted to like become more well-rounded or if um like speaking of he, he's pivoted his style to where he won't be like the star DPS on a sure. roster. Yeah. Right? So I was going to say, speaking of out there theories to add up to what Paul's just saying, maybe he knows who his DPS duo is going to be. Yeah. And he's, he's ready to play a role filler. That's, yeah, exactly. That's Dude, a motherfucker that saw what It'll happened to Kilo. Him and Stalker. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's even harder to that's even harder of a devil's advocate to play. <laughs> Come on, folks. Um hmm. okay. Sigma sounds like it's pretty obvious. Here's, here's, yeah. a, here's a it's a it's a mean one. The biggest name that's most likely to be upsettingly bad. They call it the MAG Award. Yes. Yeah. Someone that comes in with hype but doesn't deliver. Yeah. You know what? I'm also going to play the meta on this one too. He sang for this one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I was, that's, that's where my brain went. Because I think a lot of people are going to see him coming from O2 Blast, the role that Proper used to play, right. um, and are going to give him that title when he doesn't deserve it. So mm, I don't, yeah. I think no matter what he sang does, he gets this award anyway. Um, entirely <laughs> irrelevant of his performance. Sure. Sure. Oh. I mean, again, a lot of the same narrative points coming in from Hop, from Proper, kind of feel very reminiscent to a lot of how people are talking about he saying. So, if those expectations aren't necessarily I mean, met, especially for those expectations now, do yes. not do that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Please, yeah. please. When we go into the season, if I see anybody being like the second coming of proper, oh, um, it's I'm going to, I'm going to have to wring someone's neck, man. <laughs> Might be the title of this episode. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've jinxed it. I've jinxed it. Sorry. He's saying, Oh uh, no, no, I can't do him that how, dirty. How that bad, but how strong is the, is generally speaking the rookie class coming in, uh, that can be promoted. Let's say, if you had to mm. say out of the last three promotional periods, where does this mm. rank? Hmm. Not as strong as this year's mm -hmm. overall. Um, I mean, there were just so many good rookies this year. Mm -hmm. um, like as in from last season, right? As well, yeah. like the 2022 season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, 2022 yeah. graduating class coming yeah. into the Overwatch League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say it's like... I mean, it's not, it's not first out of the last three. I mean, I might put it. I might put third. It, yeah. Second yeah. or third. It's definitely yeah. not, it's definitely not the weakest. Um, not even close. Uh, and it's, it sounds to, like it's difficult to be the strongest with some of these names. <laughs> that have come. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who all was a rookie in 2021. Uh, Pelican. Um, no, I think it's third. I think it's third. Okay. I think he's saying and, and Max would have to have a level of play so high to even to even be second that it's not reasonable to expect. It probably won't also won't have the breadth of and, and will not right? have. Yeah, will not yeah. have the number of players coming through. Yeah. And I think a lot of yeah, there won't be as many. And that's kind of the thing, right? I think a lot of the players you're going to pick up too, um are guys that technically won't be rookies. Like I expect two right. of you to get yeah. picked right. up. I expect True. guys like Sanguinar to get picked up. Right. Um, uh, even you know, there's an outside chance you could pick up somebody like Nice too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, sure. a lot of these guys aren't technically rookies; they were just I on. Mean, Tuyu is that... not a rookie. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Right. Um, they were just on. You know, they just didn't get picked up for whatever reason this year, yeah. mm. and now have gotten better. Is there like a player <sighs> that has shown like character that you think people will fall in love with? Top Dragon, no. I think, is I was going to say Top Dragon, of, yeah. Yeah, Top, oh, top Dragon is quietly that. one of the... Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a funny guy. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know if he'll come across uh, if he gets picked up, but I think, I think if he does, if he's allowed to showcase himself, he'll, uh, he'll be someone that people uh, really enjoy uh, watching. Yes, yeah, are we going to have to buy you a Top Dragon jersey for the memes? <laughs> <laughs> you already know what's coming, right? Again, for those who don't know, and you need to be in Discord to know, I, I'm not going to go into visceral detail, but for, I'm going to say like a month straight, uh, this kid was just top dragon pilled, let's say. He was, everything was Omega Lull, top dragon, top this, dragon that, it's dragging my nuts on your head, anything you can think of, and then some. Uh, Yiska was My, just you, just having you, a ball. You forgot the best one, uh, and Top Dragon completely whips the bride. It called that sloppy toppy. Oh no, I I strategically didn't say that, but I'm glad you did. Um, Amazing. Uh, yeah, sloppy toppy dragon was. Uh, Lafon, I've got so much good content for our next cast now. <laughs> <laughs> it got a little out of hand, but yeah, I, it, it's it's comical to hear that Top Dragon is like the, the personality favorite coming out of this graduating class because of you know uh, Yiska's affinity yeah. for his name. 
Um, but yeah, any anything else? I mean, looking ahead, I know that Pacific Shadow is coming up. Um, is there anything there that you guys think is interesting? Are there any like fun matchups outside of O2 just like running amok? I mean, the biggest narrative point is is does O2 Blast even drop a map? Sure. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a legitimate question. Right. And then, I mean, looking at the other regions that are challenging, I think mm-hmm. and to, to step away from Korea for a second, sure. this is the first time we've had a cross-regional showcase in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two years. Um, yeah. I mean, the last time was Team CC, right? Taking yep. the victory yep. over um, that. So uh, I'm just interested to see how the other regions have changed uh, since we last saw them. Careful you know, wording. Showcase themselves. Um, I think if you have any expectations for yeah. Simprissa and O2 mm-hmm. to not win, um, I mean, good luck, but mm-hmm. it's, it'll be nice to see at least if there's a chance for other regions to um, play up to the level of, of uh, these two teams. Well, with what you guys have said about T1, maybe not necessarily showing up until towards the end of the season and, you know, with, you know, information necessarily not being you know, announced just yet as to what happens regarding, you know, what kind of patch we're playing on for sure. uh, Pacific. Like, is there a world where maybe Korea doesn't steal all three top spots and maybe T1 kind of slumps to maybe a top Chinese team or maybe an upset here or there? I mean, it's our world for, for HLX. So for, for uh, HLXC was the, I think, uh, the best team overall in contenders, China. They didn't win yeah. their, their finals um, for what I would describe as reasons that are, entirely avoidable um they, they didn't they didn't look like the team there. in their final yeah uh, okay okay if hlxc can get their themselves back in a place where they're playing to the strengths of their squad there is a chance where hlxc can take that yeah. spot away mm. I agree with but that. but like that's i mean that's an outside chance considering how they played in their finals i also <laughs> think it, it it's difficult um going into a tournament like this to pred against o2 blast because again they're just the most like like they're the most org right like sure yeah like for lack of a better way to put it like they have the resources they'll have like tons of time to do prep uh you know they'll have like the the crazy backs backroom staff keeping their heads in the cool uh the cool right um nobody else even really ha- i mean hlxc don't even have a coach right they have two mm. managers um i actually don't think there's a single coach on any of the yeah like tabbing through at least based on what's on Liquipedia, um, there isn't a coach on any of the top three uh, contenders China teams, right? Um, they have managers, but no right. like actual coaches to like help them in the back room. Um, it's hard for me to imagine, even if HLXC managed to like get back to form mm-hmm. uh, in the in the two weeks we have offers, which I think is a very real possibility, mind you. Um, that O2 Blast won't beat them. Now, could they give us one absolutely banger matchup? I think that's certainly a possibility. There's a lot of great players on that team. Um, you know, I, I've always been a huge fan of Liga. I, I, Liga is one of the most robbed players in, in Overwatch League for me uh, <laughs> in terms of what happened to the guy. Um, but it's it's hard for me to vote against O2 Blast. Mm. Makes sense. I mean, it, it, they are the, you know, perennial overdog, right? They, they are the favorite. They are the front runners. Yeah. It's not close. They drop a map in the strongest region. You have to assume barring any kind of weird patch mamma jamma uh, that they come in and and absolutely throttle a lot of these teams. I have to, I have to assume. Drop one the night off in order to make it, you know, interesting. (laughs) 
drop drop the first map of the grand final just to like give everybody's hopes up and then totally stream world for more <laughs> i have to also maybe assume like if if there is or has been you know movement made on the o2 front like is there a world where we see like a very like shocking absence where it's just I like mean, huh that player's markedly if, not here i wonder where they could be hmm. if history is any indicator <laughs> the last time we had an international showcase like this teams were allowed to keep their players for the tournament uh, yeah before okay. they went to because i think Team i remember CC, that was that was the thing with team cc yeah right right like dia, dia had already been picked up at that point mm, i think uh, or not dia uh it wasn't their tanks, their tanks, their yeah, it was their and, tanks. That's right, yeah. that's right. Yeah, they had already been picked up, but they were still allowed to play. Yeah. Actually, it was their tanks and support. It was Gaga and Super Rich, if mm. I remember correctly. Yeah, I think that should generally it's also sort of in the interest of the teams that have locked up these players. Now keep in mind, depending on how long we keep delaying this window, maybe they, True. they yeah. aren't the players yet. So yeah. there's no <laughs> no problem there as well. But um yeah, I, I think uh, generally speaking also, I like the timing, actually, because yeah. th theoretically, depending on when it happens um, with the window, like prior mm -hmm. to the current window, you're kind of, you know, suggesting uh, yourself to some of those teams. For of sure. course, there are mm -hmm. a ton of handshake agreements in place, but not everyone is fully built. Like there, there will be some impressions. It's, it almost feels like, you know, how we had the World Cup do this yeah. for a while. Sure. I now this ever. feels There's like some names there that I'm like, oof. <laughs> yes, oof. it could be good and bad. I I agree, Joe. Like you can absolutely oof. also do people on based on one lucky performance. Yo, what did that diva player do at that World Cup? He threw some fucking hot shit bombs. I want him on my team. Let's <laughs> see, sign him. <laughs> I mean, that one worked out, shade, but... right? Are you talking um, about? Um, oh, well, well, I'll name, I'll name, name. No, 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 no. Right. No, true. That one, that, that one, Diva wasn't even that one, yes. that happened. Yeah. That one, that one kind of still fits, but not, I think that was more of a hit more than a, a few misses that I feel like uh, history has presented us. But sure. I think that, like, what Giska's saying, like, this kind of feels like a combine in a way, right? Like, this mm -hmm. is the last, your last chance. Like, it's right before the deadline. God forbid we, you know, delay again for the free agency window. Like, this oh, is, man. this is like your last <laughs> opportunity to, like, get it out there and, you know, uh, prove to these teams that are still looking for people that like you're you should be on their shortlist. I mean, yeah, really I will I will, I will say on, on that point, actually it's a bigger deal for the Chinese teams. Right. Mm. Than it is mm. for the Korean teams. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I I'll give you one for free. I think the the a further delay is quite likely. Right? Because like it's mm. it is just that tough of a um of a fix to make, right? To to Sure. So I actually think i kind of now that i think about it you just ha would have to have communicated that in advance but i kind of like the timing in terms of like i think there should be a long window after the season that like coaches can come down and it also will probably improve the the quality of the scouting sure but i also want this you know these turn these contenders tournaments sit in like prior to the window opening so you know everything is out there yeah. before the transport market opens. Yep. Viewers can get excited for these rookies and go like, "Oh yeah, that I, I just saw him. Now he's getting signed like a week later or whatever it could be." Yep. I think this is actually something that they sh could look at making j 
a thing generally. And I think a lot of teams would also like that. For sure. But I think it also ties it also ties in tier two to tier one a little bit more cohesively yep. than right. it oh, does yeah. right now. Tier two exists as sort of a, a, a byproduct of tier one as opposed yep. to a part of the ecosystem. At least to my eyes, you know, looking through and it kind of mimics the you know the esports space as well like it seems like most other like high class you know really you know um impactful it's not the word i'm looking for but it, it serves its purpose for right now like the they have like these off-season tournaments that like people that you know are a little bit more dedicated that are interested in like the graduating class that maybe i want to see you know a first look like a teaser, a teaser of like what the season could look like for some of these teams. Um, there, there's always like I'm, I'm remembering. Uh, I think Korea has one for League of Legends. Um, yeah, and, and there's there's still some like Academy League stuff going on in North America for League of Legends. Like there is always like and and I think there was stuff for StarCraft, but don't get me on that hill. But like there's always like these off season like fun like extra credit assignments that you can go into like with a lot of joy and and finding these little gems to kind of hold on to and and get ahead of the pack and like you know it it is really exciting and it's really fun um it, it i think Lafon, you kind of hit the nail on the head instead of it being like this rushed byproduct like it kind of can shine for a little bit as like this this scouting this this period of scouting this really kind of like dramatic build up into the season start and if the season has to be a little bit shorter to kind of facilitate that i don't think anybody's going to be uh well i guess if anybody everybody has annualized salaries maybe that's not necessarily in the best case of the players but um yeah hard to say it's not a not an easy fix but i think i would agree with you it is a little uh serendipitous and it's it's actually more attractive too for overwatch league teams uh Mm -hmm. to make um academy teams in theory right sure. like if they if things like pacific showdown are are uh, used to like fill like the gaps in the overwatch league time um mm-hmm. and they're like these big interregional events there's more eyes on your academy team i mean you know you, again gotta use them as a baseline they're the most successful academy team ever yeah. you look at o2 blast they're they're at a point where o2 are, have so much success that they're like giving away like branded merch Mm-hmm. At, at the studio right yeah. like they'll they'll have like giveaways for like mouse pads and jackets and stuff right um like it's it, it i feel like it's pretty rare that you see a a, 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 team a, a tier that, yeah. two team that successfully can like brand its own merch right um but if there if there are enough eyes if you do it at the right time and you 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 make it a, a spectacle of it mm-hmm. it makes it more attractive for uh, overwatch league teams to invest in tier two <laughs> true yeah. hashtag support tier two Don't yeah agreed there Let's i think the last point before we skedaddle sure i think also a lot of teams rightfully a lot of general managers are just envious of this pipeline that uh the shock have built there right it's, <laughs> yeah that's fair and it's not even at super premium that they have this right mm-hmm. like they i i can tell you proper was not even close to being the highest play, uh, paid player last year. And you could argue, of course he shouldn't be. It's his rookie year. What if he flops, blah, 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 right? But he, like, I don't think he's going to be paid more than a couple of players, at least, right? Oh, yeah. Like, they're usually getting talent in because they buy into the system there and they have a pa- talent pipeline. And the way this is set up, also, like, with the, the deal where 
presumably shock, at least in, in a promotional sense. I would, I, I actually never researched this, but I would expect that they also helped with the merch in some way. Um, mm -hmm. Finagled a deal there that isn't primarily, you know, money just like going over the table, but implicitly bringing value to, to that team. I think that's just something, such an innovative solution and such a fruitful one for potentially years to come, right? That this is definitely the way uh, other teams yeah. should be looking forward to. It's not just that you got to pump like endless amounts of money in. You can find in interesting and creative solutions in order to, you know, mm -hmm. facilitate a talent pipeline. Agreed there. I think much in that same way, um, and I remember saying this very, very lucidly, um, looking at talent pipelines, how much it, it does lead to success. You know, even going back to like my soapbox, like talking about like Rascal, like people don't remember shot got Rascal because they got him from contenders. And I think they they signed him early. They kind of skipped the signing window, got him on NRG, which was their contenders team at the time. And then just promoted him afterwards. Like there are like really mm -hmm. it's not tangible value. But it does like correlate to a lot of tangible value when you look at like how much talent pipelines have led to success. You look at London. Yes. Oh, yeah. Was was their first season a little bit, you know, shaky, a little bit goofy, a little bit silly pilled? 100%. <laughs> I don't think you, you, you have this, the, the, the resounding success of, you know, the 2022 season if you don't have the 2021 season and all of their contender success, right? Sure. I think the teams that are kind of a little bit, they have this foresight about them uh, to, to build and, and have these connections. I, I think they are reaping the benefits, and it's no surprise to me that, that Shock is one of those teams, that London has had as much success with as little resources as they've, they've been able to, to kind of acquire. Um, and I would not be surprised as I think the health of the game kind of gradually increases. Shout out to Butterfinger. We love a Butterfinger, but please, God, <laughs> Butterfinger, right. come back. Um, <laughs> You know, that, you know, we see more teams invest in tier two and we see more at least connections, maybe not necessarily mm -hmm. hard, dedicated, you know, academy yeah. teams, but these these connections and these pipelines and these these systems form um, to kind of bridge that gap and, and bring um, bring a lot of success to these teams. So fingers crossed, uh, but I think that's going to be it from us today for episode 273 i want to give at least the this final little bit to paul and lafon to give us their you know goings on so what's going on with you guys where can people find you paul let's start with you oh well uh so you can find me at the nice twitter link that is uh posted right here <laughs> right there um ah oh, man I, I have a busy december i can't talk about much of it <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it um, sounds like a good busy. Hopefully. It is a it is a good bit. Well, there's there's real life <laughs> bad busy that's okay, fair. Moving, but there's also ah. there's a lot of good busy in the casting realm as uh, as well. Good so, good. Um, you'll be seeing a lot of me in December. And if you want to see more of me, then, you know, that one. Agreed. Check out the Twitter. All's good people. Lafon as well. Also very good people. Yeah, it's debatable. Shout out. Shout out to the D&D. Anybody who checks out the Star Wars. I don't know. We'll have to, you know. Called the classic, let's say. LaFon, what's up with you? Uh, I mean, at possible, by the way, because he forgot to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they say I'm this not is why me. I work with this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, you can find me at LaFonH on Twitter. Um, pretty empty schedule for December, so we'll see what uh, what happens. All right. Any any projects going on? Any new coffee reviews? I I do need oh, to. Oh, coffee reviews. Uh, Look, if you let him go off on that, this is going to turn into a three hour podcast. <laughs> and if you want to know about coffee at LaFonH on Twitter, we can have a conversation. You'll just time there. there Listen, there's there's somebody in the community that loves beer Twitter, and all I'm saying is LaFon's got coffee Twitter unlocked. <laughs> I think an underrated member of the coffee Twitter community. Uh, some of the best. That's all I'm saying. So I want to know uh, what my next hair color is going to be. Our, our producer wants to know what my next hair color is going to oh, be. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know yet. So we'll uh, when I find out, I'll, you'll you'll be the first. To, I must find my, it on my, Twitter. My, <laughs> my will be the first to know, but you'll be the second, I suppose. Twitter. So there you go. Jessica, anything anything going on with you? I know that you know you've been you've been really dying to get get some work. You know you've been you've been real slow. Yeah, <laughs> lazy, really lazy, lazy. <laughs> um, I, I mean, there's a bunch in the pipe, uh, of course. Mm. I'm not sure when when some of it uh, will come out. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to you know getting some more of those interviews. As as I already alluded to in a prior episode, like I've a couple of GMs around that are just waiting for this window to open and their contracts to be signed in order for them then to talk about the experience with this. Because the problem is if you get general managers in a call that are still technically competing against each other, sure in the market. You don't want to give you away your hands, right? It'd be a little right? weird. So um, we're waiting for that to open so we can do that podcast. I'll probably maybe mix in the player here and there uh, before Christmas. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, next week I'm not going to be around because uh, I'm flying to our Christmas party for GG Recon and they're, of course, in Manchester. So that'll uh, be happening. You'll miss me. You will see me again the week after. Just before Christmas, and then we'll see. It's true. We may we may have some plans for Christmas, but in terms of what's happening next week on the show, if you like contenders, which if you watch this episode and you got this far, you know, credit to you, but you probably still like contenders. Uh ideally, we're gonna be doing uh our, our China episode next week. It'll be me and some unannounced guests that I don't even know. I have one confirmed person, so we will uh, have to wait and see on what that looks like. But China's next week. We will get to NA and EU, but we want to get the, uh, you know, the China and Korea out of the way because of, you know, Pacific Showdown coming in. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's 273. Thank you uh, so much for watching. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Ring the bell. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> and uh, see you next week for 274. See you then. Peace.